Welcome into a special Thursday morning edition of the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. Like and subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. Thanks to those of you who are watching live or catching us on audio later on. We're going to recap the Leven World Indoor Tour meet, which started just hours, actually just minutes pretty much after we got done recording our last pod. We made some predictions, Gordon. Some of them were right. Some of them were wrong. All of them pretty much were vague. Did you enjoy the meet? I did. You came over to my house. We had a little nice little watch party in my home. I appreciate your company. It was fun watching the races go by. It was, I mean, we kind of were looking at that meet as being like the cream of the crop, the creme brulee. Is that the phrase? Creme brulee? Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. But it kind of wasn't. I think we're kind of searching for the cream. We're kind of like, we want to have these incredible moments. So then we get really excited because, oh, we're going to see Jakob and and Mondo and and Carson Warholm and Grant Holloway that we're going to get all this amazing, amazing, amazingness. We did get some. Don't get me wrong. Got a world record. Boom. Nice. But, you know, Mondo pulled out after like six meters. Karsten was just kind of jogging a 400. Jakob came short of his, you know, fast time. But it does get me more excited that like, all right, we're, we're starting to get moving here. We're now seeing some more stars on the track. Sometimes it's a slow build before we actually get into real track season. Indoor it's kind of like a false uh, – was I was going to say something different, false something else. But it's kind of like a – It's a soft launch. Soft launch, yeah, sure. You know, because, you know, Fred Curley is going to run an outdoor 200 in like a week. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to start seeing more of the stars and get excited. But I'm kind of downplaying the meat. We had a world record, and the world record was phenomenal. Steeplechaser coming out hot. And getting yeah. the victory, seven twenty three. Mo uh, Kattir also breaking the old world record, coming in second, running seven twenty four. And I think what was great about this world record attempt is that there was two people in it the entire time. We weren't yeah. just watching a man versus the clock; we were actually actually watching a legitimate race, and it was more about who was going to win, not necessarily whether or not they're going to beat the record time. Yeah. And we knew, looking at the pace projections with three laps to go, that the record was probably going to go. So it was a race for the win, but also a race for the world record, which is very rare. You rarely see that. You're right. Usually it is a man or woman out there alone, chugging along. There's a rabbit for a portion of it. But then the final lap or laps, it's a longer distance. It's just, will they get the record or won't they? This was, who is going to get the record? Is it going to be Gurma? Is it going to be Katir? Gurma was in the lead, though, and I thought Katir could sit and then make one final move. So credit to Gurma for making the push from a long way out and and holding on. I thought Katir might have one final move coming around the final 100, but he didn't. Gurma was right there, and this is a record, Gordon. This 25 years old. This is the second year. He's one of these Ethiopian steeplers. Hey, you hasten to call him a steepler now because he's the three, flat 3,000 world record holder, just an amazing distance runner all around. But we know him more as a steepler. Last year it was Wale who almost got the record 
in this meet. Now it's now it's Gurma. It's very clear Ethiopia is putting their top talent into the steeple. <laughs> They're putting their best runners into the steeple right now, partially because they just have an abundance of talent across the board, so they could still put really good runners in the five and the ten. But he'd be he'd be great in the five, obviously as well. I, this meet, I like that it's getting this reputation as this fast star-studded event. I think it's cool because every single event we were looking for, okay, can they break this mark? Can they break that mark? And uh, Gurma debuts of the world record. First race of 2023. Incredible. Yeah, kind of putting putting to bed like, oh, Rust Buster. <laughs> Rust Busters are dead, right? Yeah. Just as a few years ago, indoor is always slower than outdoor. That was dead. Now, in some cases, that's true, but BU proved that to be dead. I think the whole Rust Buster thing is dead too. Germa proved it. You know, Bowerman in the past has proved it. They'll they'll just show up, indoor or outdoor. First one, oh, American record, oh, Canadian record. Some athletes are able to get going right away, and they just do enough speed work in practice, or they simulate the race enough. So when they get out there, it's like it's mid season, or it's like it's championship season already. So this race also was the season debut of Grant Fisher. We got to see the other American that we look to as kind of the the top the top dog right now. Obviously, he he ran pretty well last yeah. year. Broke a bunch of American records. Yar Nagus and Woody Kincaid have been kind of taking a little bit of the headlines with their recent races. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of excited to see how Grant Fisher would respond to those two athletes' performances. And he runs seven thirty five, which Turns out as a PB, which was weird. I was like, oh, okay, PB. But when you run 735 in a 720 race, it's not going to look too fast. Um, what were your thoughts on Fisher? We probably thought that maybe he would run in the 720s, especially seeing what Yard did you know, weeks prior. What was your reaction to Fisher kind of most likely falling short of what he thought he was going to be able to do? Yeah, I watched the interview with him after. He wanted to run quicker. You go all the way over there and get in this race because you think you're capable of more. And the pace was just just too much for him. Maybe if it was set up to be 732, 733, and then he could have kicked off that, it would have been different. But it was it was hotter than that. It was much quicker than that. He wasn't ready to go at that pace. I think it's interesting. We ended last year, Fisher the clear number one. And you don't want to overreact too much to indoors, but what's happened since then? You have Kincaid dropping that t- that five thousand meter time, breaking the American record. Nagus running seven twenty eight. Now, Nagus is probably not going to run the five thousand outdoors. No. We assume he's going to focus on the fifteen hundred, so that's not a problem he's going to have to deal with. But as of right now, you have two performances clearly that are better than what Fisher ran. I also think it's a credit to him. The expectation is we thought he should be in this race. We were surprised when he fell off with three laps to go or four laps, whatever it was, and a gap emerged. Oh, that's weird. Because whether it was Diamond Leagues, whether it was World Championships, what did Fisher do? He stuck around, he stuck around, he stuck around, and it wasn't until the very end when he finally lost contact. So this was rare to see Fisher drop off this early. And I think it just goes to show how much the expectations have changed around him in the past year and a half. 
Well, yeah, I mean, because he's done all the rec- American recording. I mean, he had what four last year? Three, four? What American yeah, records did he have last year? Four. It was four. Right? Four last yeah. year. So the next thing that he wants to do is get this first global medal, and you know, mm-hmm. running in this race and running well in this race is a good way to like see if he's ready for that that next globe that that first global medal. Um, but you know, it didn't happen. It is indoor. It is a weird, you know, this is kind of a weird well, combination. Like, is Katir going to be running the 5K? Probably not. He'll be running a 15. He's a 15 on the other guy. So. You have a steepler, a steepler. wins it. Yeah, so, so, looking at this, he got third. He got yeah. third in this race, which is good enough for a medal. Yeah. I know we just got done saying Rust Busters don't matter, but I think you could say for some people, for some people, yeah. sometimes it matters. It didn't matter last year for him when he opened in BU and ran really fast. But that doesn't mean it's never going to matter. And we're going to—he's going to run a 1500 in Madrid, short distance for him. But we'll see how he responds. But credit to him for putting himself in it, going out there to run that race with the best guys in the world right now, and came up short of his goal, but. You could see a scenario, you know, Fisher's so good at this point, if he broke Nagusa's record, nobody was going to be surprised. And if he was right there with Gurma and Katir, I don't think anybody would have been stunned by that based on what we've seen from Fisher um, and his propensity to, to churn out these fast times. But yeah, good run. Good, 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 good race altogether, I think. Um, let's stay men's distance, men's 1500. Jakob Ingebrigtsen gets the win. It wasn't close. Ended up being almost a three-second margin at the end. They were touting this as world record for him. With the pace lights, you know pretty quickly, okay, it's on. But then you also know really quickly when it's off. Because it's hard to catch the lights. Once the lights open up that gap, they're very tough to reel back in. We know that Jakob missed some training because he was sick. So he doesn't get the world record, but still a dominant victory for him. He's another guy who gets graded on the curve. And you're just thinking, all right, is he going to break the world record or is he not? But 332 indoors is still still pretty quick, especially when you don't have any competition on the back half. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said that. It's hard to catch the lights. It sounds like a, a line from like the, uh, the weekend lyrics. You know, blind about yeah, Anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, the, him, his whole like being sick kind of put a little dull in his potential. And at the end of the day, you know, it's it was kind of what I mean. What was your thought on his mark compared to what happened at Milrose Games? Like, it's kind of weird well, to like look. At, it's kind of weird seeing Jakob Ingebrigtsen run slower than what Yar did, right? Yeah. Different type of race, though. You can just, I know Yard opened up a big gap late in that race, but I still think he had more competition, a little bit more help than Jakob did. If these guys were running right now against each other, one on one, fresh in five days, you might take Nagoose, right? Because the 332 is not as good as the 347. But. In the, in the summer, in a couple months, you're still going with Ingebrigtsen. You're still going with Ingebrigtsen because he still dominated this race. And he's the 5,000-meter champion. 
He's silver medalist in the 1500. He still has the world record in the, in the 1500. But maybe for this small, tiny snapshot in time right now, Nagus is better. But this was not, this was not a bad result for Ingebrigtsen by any stretch of the imagination, right? Winning by that much, still running that fast, he's, he's fine. There is no need to panic about Jakob Ingebrigtsen. You just said you might take Nagus right now. This set, like who is, this who, who is who? Who is you in this situation? Is it you? You? Is it me? Is it you? As in the people listening? Who is the you who is taking Nagus over Jakob? Right? Yeah, I I would. This you would? like well, I'm saying his, the Milrose run was better than the Lee Van run, right? Put them on the same track yeah. together. Maybe you would give a Nagus a slight edge for this week. But in a month, in two months, in six months, when the world championships are, Ingebrigtsen is still the favorite. He, he, we're not looking at a guy who ran 342. He ran 332. He won by three seconds. He's, he's fine. Nagus was great. Jakob is proven in championship settings. He'll be fine. I'm not that concerned about him. Wow, Kevin Sully already believing in Jakob never winning again. Oh, that was you. That was literally your take. Jakob's never going to win again, right? No, that was your take. Oh, no, your, your never take gonna was lose. never going to lose. Never going to lose. Well, that lasted oh, a summer. Well, just... because were you at the World Championships? He lost. I'm No, I think he's going to be fine. I'm he's still the favorite. He's still the favorite. He, I I believe that he missed time. Because of training, due to sickness, if he's not sick, maybe he gets his world record again. Maybe he runs a second faster, whatever. But yeah, three forty-seven is better than three thirty-two. No one's no one's discounting that. But he was close enough to where I think he'll be fine. Are you worried about him? Absolutely not. Okay. And what do we argue about? Four seconds slower, and I still wouldn't be worried. If you lost. He could have lost, and I wouldn't have been worried. All right, Gordon, not worried about Ingebrigtsen. Love it. Nope, love it. Love I it. sleep. I sleep peacefully at night, knowing yeah. that Ingebrigtsen is fine. Another record attempt. Women's fifteen hundred. This thing got fast in a hurry. They had the live finish time projections on the screen, and Gudoff's a guy. I think the fastest she reached was was it three forty two? Projected yeah. finish time for her. I would have been fast. <laughs> that would have been a world record. That would have been noteworthy. Uh, sub four. Yeah, she ends up finishing in three fifty seven, which is still good. Sub four for fifteen indoors, pretty good. But off of her world record of of three fifty three, so consecutive weeks where she's gone after, or consecutive meets where she's gone after the world record, Sagai, and come up short. Do you think? This type, we've seen this before, namely, Gonzebe Baba did this. And this is fun for athletes, or is this exhausting for them just to sign up for these time trials where they know it's going to be them versus the clock? Um, I think it's exhausting because the, the, the joy of winning is taken away. Like, they don't have the joy of winning because they know they're going to win. So there's not like a that dopamine is gone. You now just know that 
there is a chance, a small percentage chance you're going to get what you want, but you know likely by you know 25% into the race, it's probably not going to happen. So now she had to do the final 75% of a race running, running hard, knowing you're not going to get what you want, and no, not really having the joy of winning because you know, like, well, I was going to win this race no matter what. So, yeah, I think it's exhausting. I don't think it's fun to chase a record and come up short, you know, because no one is going to be talking about, whoa, nice win. It's all like, oh, all right, 357, do it again yeah. until you get to your 353. Yep. And it's her record, too. So even if she got yeah. it, she's, she's keeping something that, that she already has. The flip side of that, Say she just runs with a pack for the first 800 and then just takes off what worked and runs 357 and wins by a huge margin. What we'd be talking about today was, oh my gosh, that final 400 split was just crazy or that final 600 split, right? And it would have been probably way more fun for her to run that way than to go for this record. I mean, she maybe there was something in her training that indicated not she could run 342 because that would be. That'd be some kind of training, but maybe she thought she was capable of beating the record by a second or two, which is why she went out so aggressively because with the lights and with pacers, people have been staying more on pace in these record attempts than normal, which makes sense because you have a lot of help to do it. You have a lot of redundancies, but yeah, when those times popped up, it, it definitely was surprising how quick she was going. And I think she's going for more records. I think she's going for the 1K next, which she doesn't have. So at least that'll be – she should have run the 2,000 here. That's what she should have tried to do, get that 2,000 record. Everyone, everyone wants a 2,000-meter record. I probably could get a 2,000-meter record. Get super, super off distance there. Women's eight. Two kids. Keely Hodgkinson wins again. Runs 157.71. That's a world lead. That's the second fastest time of her career. Mary Mora, second place, 200.61. So another race with a large margin of victory where the favorite took home the win. But Hodgkinson now three for three indoors. All these have been great efforts for her. Can't really find any flaws in anything she's doing right now. No, you can't find any flaws. I think the big question you have is like, are these back-to-back 157s? Is the resume she's putting together this indoor season a resume that you think is a resume that can defeat a Thingma? Like, is she gonna is she gonna get the job? Like, say she's applying for the job of gold medal winner, right? <laughs> Yeah. There's two applicants. They're both getting an, a sit-down interview. They made it to the interview process. It's the final interview. The interview mm-hmm. is being held in Budapest, Hungary. <laughs> they got two different resumes. Keely's going to come to the interview and be like, hey, this is what I did. I was in Levin. I ran 157. I, I was in Poland. I ran 157. Did you run 157 in Poland? I think it was Poland. I don't know. She ran 157. Yeah. yeah. But anyway... Do you think her resume is going to stack up where she'll be selected as gold medal winner? Because we know track and field is scripted. Uh, they decide who's going to win. Zebco goes in and be like, all right, this is what I want. I need, I want, 
there to be a rivalry. We need a thing to win the first few, and then Keeley's going to have a great indoor season. The thing's going to lay low, and then they're going to clash again in Budapest. I mean, I don't know. I think 157 is great. I think I probably would have been more – the expectation to beat a thing Mo is really high or hard. Yeah. It's a hard yeah. – high level to get to. And while 157 is good, it shows that no one else besides a Thingmo can beat her. But I'm not sure yet if this is showing that she can beat a Thingmo. It's showing that she is 98% chance of finishing top two at Worlds. But still a unknown chance of finishing number one. She ran faster last year. So if you're just looking at it as, all right, is she faster this year than she was last year. She hasn't done that yet. Then again, she's not getting pushed. Yeah. She didn't get pushed. You know, she sort of, she had someone to chase in the last race, but this one, she was way out by herself. The 600 was a record attempt and it was, it was fast and it was quick. So I think, but I do think what it is doing is just building consistency, just stacking these one fifty sevens on top of each other. And then another, really strong 600 and if she runs europeans she's gonna have a uh, i'm assuming she's if she runs 157 there that'd be that'd be pretty impressive through rounds but my point is she's just raising the floor of what she's capable of she's not dropping a 155 indoors and and getting the world record which would really shake things up but she's at least just putting good performance on top of good performance and I think remember remember how young both these women are. So that consistency, you you can't take it for granted and she's just she's just proving. If she was running 157s over and over again outdoors, we'd say that's solid and she's doing it indoors. So I I I think it is something. Again, it's not the big clear loud statement run. Oh, she's run going to run 8 indoors, but it's just building up these small little performances that maybe we'll look back later on in the year and say, Hey, the reason she's doing so good indoor, like that started indoors, the success she's having outdoors that started indoors. Well, we will see. She, she's going to run euros. You said, I think that's the question. Every European athlete, right? After every, yeah. <laughs> after every meet yeah, this had, winter, they, are you running euros? And then they would always be like, how does this race set you up for Paris 2024? That was a fun yeah. little question they asked all the Are you excited to come back here for the Olympics in a year and a half? Yeah. All right, let's talk about this men's 60. Let's go to the sprints side of things. Ferdinando Mignola PRs, breaks his own Kenyan record, 654. And to do it, he beat Lamont Marcel Jacobs, who's a really good 60-meter runner, Olympic champion in the 100, who ran six. Point five seven. More surprised for the Jacobs loss, or more surprised that that Omanyala got the win. Well, first thing I was I was very impressed with the photo finish. Uh, Omanyala took the photo finish seriously and turned it into a selfie finish, where he was looking at the camera, with tongue out. You never see. Most photo finish camera shots are, you know, weird. They're like distorted. It's like, all right, but this one, you can make that a profile pick. Like that's profile Mm -hmm. pick worthy. Um, No, but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if beating Jacobs 
obviously he's an Olympic champion. He's a world indoor champion from last year, but he's not beating a, you know, a, a six, four. Right. You know, type guy right now. He beat a six, five, like Marcel looked really slow off the blocks. Looked really slow out of the blocks. The winning time is 6.54. I mean, we're seeing Hormel run 6.42s. So I don't think it is like, oh, oh, wow, you just beat the best guy in the world. Watch out for Ferdinand. I do think Ferdinand is now the past two or three years has kind of cemented himself as like, I will make every world final and I will be in it potentially to, you know, flirt with the bronze if things go his way, but, you know, it definitely just showed that, you know, he was kind of came onto the spotlight, what, in 2020 was it the year he came in the spotlight? And he's been able to not be a flash in the pan. He's been able to stay consistent. And I think, you know, beating Marcel Jacobs here is showing that consistency. And I look to him as, you know, a lock for making a final, which is hard to do. The men's 100 is a hard final to make. And it's kind of interesting when a man from Kenya – known for all their distance, is going to have a consistent presence in the 100-meter dash, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, Jacobs, my reaction to that is uh, he's definitely not in his peak form, but he's not, he's not dead. He's not dying. But 657, I mean, a lot of college kids are running that. Uh, he's definitely not 100% fit or in his peak, you know. Yeah. Especially when you see – when you see a 200-meter runner and Lyles run six fives, mm-hmm. you see Romel do his thing. Christian Coleman just was like, all right, I can win whatever, whenever I want. There's a lot of um, – the Americans, I don't, I don't think Marcel Jacobs – Marcel Jacobs has a big hill to climb to get back into breaking up the U.S. runners and some of the Jamaicans, in my opinion. That hill just got a little steeper after watching this race. When you look at the 100, though, these are two of the top candidates to break up the U.S. sweep. You, right? Like, the list and is Jamaican. not that. Who, I'm, Seville. Listen. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Seville guy. I, 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 uh, Me too. Big Seville I'll guy. Well. First, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one celebrating when he gets that medal. But Omanyal and Jacobs would be in the top five of candidates to break up the U.S. sweep. It just, the rest of the world just does not have that many folks who could get into the low nine eights, high nine sevens, right? So if you're talking about Curly, Coleman, Romel, you know, they all have that same PB. If any one of them runs near that, that should be enough. Omanyala, Jacobs, Grass, you're right, Seville, but, but, this is it's it's a short list right now. The U.S. has you know four or five guys, I think, still in the in that top ten, wouldn't you say? If you're making the top ten hundred guys right now, you'd have the three medalists from last year. You have to, I think, you'd have to include Lyles at this point too, right? Just because of his indoor exploits yeah. in the nineteen thirty one, and then you might even throw in another. You you probably throw, throw Coleman. in Coleman too. Yeah, exactly. So there would be at least at least five U.S. guys in the top ten, wouldn't there be? Or am I yeah, missing? Something? I think there's six. I bet you Williams would also yeah. be in there as well. Yeah. So the rest of the world gets loves uh, 
the U.S. chance because it eliminates competition, <laughs> pushes them yeah. up the leaderboard. Uh, in the chat, Andre says, don't forget Tobogo for this season. 991 last season, showboating. I think he can get close to 98. Yeah. And he's young too. So he, he would be, he'd be on that short list yet. I don't know if I'd have him in the top 10 right now, but I think he has the, the potential to get in there. But my, my point is, if Jacobs isn't going to be a medal contender, the chances of that US sweep just increases. And then you, you kind of go through the list, just the amount of depth in the rest of the world. To compete with the U.S. Is, hasn't materialized yet. I was. I kind of wanted to make a bold prediction. Go ahead. Should I do it? Should I do it? Yeah. I don't think Jacobs makes the final. Yeah, we'll see outdoor. I want to see outdoor. Kind of early to make that prediction off of a. Yeah. It's- a couple indoor races. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably regret that being out in the world, but I'm kind of feeling that vibe. I mean, it, he looked really slow out of the blocks, man. He's just, I mean, he is a bigger guy, so the 60 is probably not his cup of tea, but he ran so well in the 60 last year. So it's not like the 60 is completely foreign to him. He was world indoor champion in the 60, beat Coleman in the 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, watch this, watch him get out of the blocks here. Just watch. It's just like night and day comparing Omanyala on the left and Marcel Jacobs on the right. We'll see if they show. Yeah. So also Marcel Jacobs taking forever to put his head down. Love it. That's what that's a good that's a pro move. That's a a gold medalist move. move. Hell yeah. Yeah. But but like I can't see there. But I don't know, it's just well, to me, it was more the back half. Yeah. To me, it was more the back half. He he didn't he didn't uh, run down Omanyala. So he ran in loads in Poland, February fourth. He ran a six sixty one and a six fifty seven in the final. So he's done two six fifty sevens back to back. You're right about last season how fast he was winning world indoors, running six forty one. The problem is then he got hurt outdoors or shortly after indoors, and then we never knew. Like what that type of indoor shape would mean for him outdoors, because when he when he came back, he was running, you know, nine ninety nine, and then a, a bunch of a bunch of ten second hundreds, um, and then came back for Europeans, and then ran nine ninety five at the end. If he's the thing is, if he's nine ninety five shape or close to it, I, I think he'll be fine at Worlds. He doesn't need to get back to nine eighty. To, to get into a final, obviously. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a good year for the 100. I just got that feeling, man. I think... Mr. Runner. Mr. Runner. It's going to be a lot says, of Italy is about serving. to make a diss track on Gordon. <laughs> that would be great. I wouldn't mind that. I, I don't uh, know if the Italian listeners is there. Is yeah, I don't think the Italian yet. fan base is big. Yeah, um, not, I just think camera. that the you talked about this. Not that many people who can break up the American sweep. I think there actually are a lot of people. We just don't know who they are yet. And I think they are, you know, a season away from breaking through. And I think this is their season of breaking through. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe. And again, it's so early. So yeah, we. I. That's why I would not say 
I would not make the the Jacobs pick that you made. I would wait to see what he does outdoors first, especially if you're talking about making a final. We're not talking about meddling. We're not talking about gold. We're talking about just simply making a final. And the reality is there'll only be four Americans in there. So even if the American team is really strong, like we expect them to be, there's going to be several other spots there. I think Seville will be in the middle. I think it's a question of the young guys, though. I think it's a question of Seville, Akeem Blake, uh, Tobogo, guys like that, I Mm -hmm. I think, are solid candidates, too. I'm going to stand by this. This is going to be my thing I ride and die on. Hopefully it Mm -hmm. comes true. Let's do one more. 200-meter prediction, which is a much funner (laughs) prediction. Uh... Let's go to the men's 60 hurdles. Grant Holloway, 7.39. Daniel Roberts, pretty close behind, though. We're all used to just our eyes get locked on Grant Holloway in a 60 hurdle race, and we just we focus on him. But by the end, Roberts was not too far behind. Season's best for him, 7.43. But Grant Roll had a great celebration after the prelim when he jumped over the barrier and smiled. It's just sub-740 is pretty, pretty straightforward for Grant. Hasn't lost this race since 2014. Don't know if he'll get near world record Grant this indoor season or if that's even a priority for him. But he just... Uh, he just shuts things down pretty like he in terms of the competition pretty early. That was the prelim we just showed, those of you were watching. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this in the final for Grant, where we knew right away it wasn't like fast because it was people near him. Mm-hmm. We're like, because we know how good he is that like Grant, no one else is gonna run as fast as Grant does. Right now, because he's especially in the 60 hurdles. So if someone's close to him, we know it's going to be be kind of a, not a dud of a race, but not as fast of a race that we know Grant can perform because he's a world record holder. So when we saw this race and we saw Roberts near him, we we're like, oh, there was a guy near him. So it's just going to be a, a normal win, not a record-breaking win. Um, but yeah, Roberts ran well. The... As much as Grant is the king of it, of the the hurdles, there are still a lot of really good athletes who are nipping at his tail. Now, they don't really have much to nip because Grant is so good and he keeps on moving around and swiftly hurtling away from all the nips. But if Roberts catches fire or Cunningham or um, who's the, the Jamaican guy? God dang it. Broad Bell. I forget his name. Broad Bell. Devin Allen, who recently. Parchment. Yes, Parchment. Uh, Devin Allen, who uh, got signed again to uh, the Eagles for next year. He got he signed a, a futures contract, breaking news. So he's still a football player. Um, Grant's going to have to falter for him to lose. But there are a lot of people who could take advantage of that. But. Question is, well, will Grant ever falter again? If this was a 110 hurdle race and Roberts was that close going off 60, you'd like Roberts' chances 
Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, but if that wasn't the race, grandma had wheels, she'd be a bike. You know, right? It wasn't a one ten race; it was a sixty. Yeah, yeah, but he was close. The formula for Grant is the huge margin early, or the formula that has worked for Grant, the huge margin early, and then he holds on over those last couple hurdles. Maybe he'll change that up. Maybe he'll address that, and and then you'd think the world record outdoors is going to be gone. Like you look at his 60 meter hurdle time and you think, all right, if he can get better at closing, which is not easy to do, but not only could he break the world record outdoors, I I feel as if he could smash it. Like he could go a low, he could go low 12 sevens if everything clicked. But again, everybody has weaknesses. So if you're just saying, hey, if this person fixed all their weaknesses, they'd be a lot better. You're not exactly saying anything revelatory, but it is like the the fact that he is so good out of the blocks and his the sixty hurdle world record is so fast. If, if those last two or three hurdles start clicking for him, watch out outdoors. So Anything else really bad? Femke Bowl won the four hundred uh, fifty point. Carson won the. 445 wasn't a season's best for either of those athletes, but it was cool seeing four meter hurdlers run the quarter indoors. You know, they, they don't have an event to run. So they're running the, they're running the flat 400. They're like, this is easy. There's no hurdles in the way. This is fun. I could do this. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to get excited about. I mean, Carson, did not run it. I mean, he ran slower than what he ran. Yeah. Um, prior, so we're kind of like, all right, you know, Carson's kind of just chilling. He's healthy though. That's a good sign. Healthy, yeah. which was uh, what we want. I know you're very bummed about the 400 meter hurdles. You know, did this performance make you feel any bit better about you know, Dos Santos's injury, or no. are you still kind of <laughs> recovering from that heartbreak? Well, they said it was going to be 8 to 12 weeks recovery for Dos Santos. So it's not out of the question. Earlier mm-hmm. reports had said he's gone, or people assume it was it for the year. But 8 to 12 weeks, we still have six months for the World Championships. Problem is, if Warholm's feeling good and Benjamin's feeling good, it's going to be tough for him to make up that gap. But I just, if all three of them can be on the line, Somewhat healthy, health. If if Dos Santos can be healthier than Warholm was last year, it's a step in the right direction. And then twenty twenty four will be the year when all of them are healthy at the exact same time. No injuries, knock on wood. Want to talk a little bit about NCAA's? Sure. The newest. Rankings dropped earlier this week. And we have a new number one and a new number two on the men's side. Oh, Arkansas men now with a heavy lead in the flow track rankings projected to score 60 points to Washington with 39. That's right. What the Myler 3K 5K DMRU of Washington, Georgia dropped down to three. Um, Texas in four, Northern Arizona five, Stanford six, Florida moving up to seven. But the big change here is Arkansas is showing that they have 
a lot of talent all over the track from the multis, the, the sprints. They got a little bit of distance, and then they got the field events. So they're going to be, be able to score five to ten points in multiple events that adds up to 60. And Washington is on the back of their milers. And Georgia dropped because Matthew Bowling kind of been a little quiet. Aren't you a little surprised how quiet Bowling's kind of been with his performances this year? No, I'm not surprised. Maybe laying low, staying fresh. I just – the Washington thing I wonder about because I think the distance projections are a lot more fickle. Than yeah, for sure. The, the, the sprint and hurdle projections, because it just matters what race you get into. So. For sure. But I moved Joe Wascom back to number one in the mile. Um, ah, all right. I put What's Washington that? going one, three, five in the mile. I have them going, getting eighth in the 3K. I have them getting third in the 5K. So I have them just scoring points all over the place. Um, I think the event that I'm kind of let's look at the 60. I always like looking at the yeah. 60. So men's yeah, 60 and sprints that. That's my that's my event this year. So what are your thoughts on it. my updated 60 rankings? Yeah, Williams, Ashe, Kone, Maswangani, Johnson, Lindsay, Sterling Warner, Savage of Louisville, and then Udodi on Wazarike of Stanford. Yeah, Williams still up there in the top spot. Warner Savage wasn't in the last set of rankings, correct? I don't no. remember yeah. him being in there. Yeah, I think it I think it makes sense. I think it checks out. Um the, we I'm excited for conferences we in two weeks because that's where we'll get like people's true peak of what they can be we have, what they can do. Yeah, we haven't seen Williams since the end of January. Yeah. So that's yep. that's something to keep an eye on. Um Who's missing? That's oh, uh, USC Stewart, right? Yeah, Brandon Stewart. I took um, him out because he hasn't done much or anything. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I feel like by now you should have at least put. Basically, the only people who have been who are now eligible to be ranked in my rankings are people who have put together a top thirty performance so far this year. Except for Charles Hicks. I'm an exception for Charles Hicks because he's really good. Fair. Well, other than that, you had to do some. You had to give me at least one top thirty except, performance to be ranked. Except Charles Hicks. That's the rule. Except Charles Hicks. That's like one women's sixty. Charles Hicks. He ran. He ran. Um, like that. That three k where I thought he was going to win, and he runs seven fifty something. And we're like, oh, Charles, what's going on? He's kind of. A little bit of a hangover from cross and Euro cross and all that stuff. Um, but then he comes back a few weeks later and he ran like a 13 20 5K in Chicago. So you're like, all right. So clearly he's fine. Women's 60, you got Julian Offred number one. I agree with that. Bold. It is bold. I like it. What about what? What do you think of my? Uh, you're gonna hate my 400. Look at the 400 rankings. Scroll down, show the 400 rankings. Yeah, those are off. Four. Yeah, <laughs> that's stupid. Um, but you have to have at least one that doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, they wouldn't yeah. be your rankings. So you have. I'll read them to people who aren't looking. 
He's got uh, Rosie Effiong, Talitha Diggs, Kennedy Simon, and Rashidat Adeleke four, despite the fact that Adeleke ran the number three time in collegiate history and obviously a season's best and beat Simon, her teammate, head-to-head by about seven-tenths of a second. But she's fourth. So if Gordon ever offers to bet you guys, take the bets. So That's my advice. For the record, that ranking will change most likely after Big 12s. But how many times has Adeleke run a championship 400? Uh, a championship 400? She, ran the, she made it in the two outdoors last year. How many times has she run a championship 400 at either conferences or – okay. The last time she's run a championship-style 400 was 2021 Big 12 indoors. She's run – What is a championship-style 400, and how does it differ from a non-championship-style 400? The gun goes off and runs two laps. It's the same – Rounds? she ran rounds in the two. She ran rounds in the 60. Rounds she, in the two is fine. different from rounds in the four. I'm just saying, like, there is something about, like, Talitha Diggs. She knows how to do the 400. I'm just saying. Indoor 400 is weird with, like, the break. A thing Mo was the best 400-meter runner, and then she got second. Like, that happens. Indoor 400 is weird. I think there's a situation where her inexperience of running – consistent 400s could come back to haunt her. But this is our debate of of rankings versus picks and projections. A ranking is different than a pick. A ranking is different from how you think the championship race is going to go. So, Because wh- what you're talking about is strategy in the big race. That's different. Someone can be a deserving number one, but then you think because of this factor or that factor that they're not going to win. I mean, she should, be, she should be number one. I don't think that the... It, It'd be one well, thing no, if she never. She won. should be number one, and all I should do is just take the descending order list and put it on like rankings. Done. That's stupid. No, it's not just that. Because you have the fastest number... time in the country doesn't mean you're ranked number one. That's well, your point about because she doesn't have any championship experience in a four hundred is a is an overly specific point that I don't think will have any bearing on the outcome. Especially, it'd be one thing if she'd never like she's a freshman and had never run it at all in a championship setting, but she's run big races all over the place just hasn't happened to do it as often as other people in a 400. So I think, I think you're way off. No, I don't yeah, think that matters. She, I don't think I, she'll I don't be ranked think... fourth going into, going into it. She's probably going to move up to maybe second or third. She may even move up to one. You may guilt me, but I don't, it's going to be hard for me to bump her above at least Letha Diggs, to be honest. It's going to be like, you think that she should be ranked higher than Talitha Diggs? Come on. Um, AJT Come on. says she switched to the 400 right before Worlds last year, finished ahead of Talitha, then got fifth at Europeans. Yeah, yeah. She beat Talitha Diggs at Worlds. I'm not looking. I guess I didn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking at her international career. I'm just looking at her, yeah. her NCAA so career. Maybe- they don't run rounds at the World Championships, so it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know what? Whoever pointed that out, that, that really ruined my 
analysis <laughs> of that ranking. I'm not going to lie. Change it now. I, I, change I got it now. A Go to change egg it. on my face. But it's change okay. It I'll keep the egg on my face for a week and a half, and I'll update it after Big 12s. Yeah, now that I think about it, she shouldn't be ranked fourth. She should be ranked a little bit higher. What I got an idea. First, um, let's see. I'm looking at this. Yeah, I mean, she made semis at a, she made semis. She's made semis at Worlds, and then she made the finals at. Oh Europeans. man, this is bad. This is a bad look, Gordon. This is a bad, bad look. This is a bad look. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. She's going to be ranked higher next week. I promise you that. I apologize to all the. He's talking about like Gordon's here talking about. Does she have enough Big Twelve indoor experience? And the chat's like, "What about World Championships?" That is a good experience to have. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she hasn't she hasn't run enough conference meets, guys. That's why Gordon hasn't ranked low. You know, but here's the thing. You know the hint. I mean, it's interesting though. She, she was the primarily a two hundred meter runner most of her career, and now all of a sudden did a quick switch to the four. And so I was like yeah. looking at that and be like, I would rather go with the person who's run the four more often. It's dumb. I'm sorry. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to rank 18 events. It gets hard. You know, how many people even know who you needed to do your research? Leah Phillips of LSU is. I do. I ranked her eighth in the 60 hurdles. Good. Great job. But here's here's the hint to knowing that she was good. She ran the third fastest time in NCAA history a couple weeks ago. You should work backwards from that. You're like, no, oh, okay. That. No, hold on. All-time marks, though. Time trial. Not time trial, but, like, just because you run <laughs> one fast time, it's... I know, but that should give goal. you the hint. That should give you the hint, and then you go and you, like, do the research, and you're like, oh, wow, world championships, European championships. Not how many times did you run a Big 12? <laughs> I've right. never seen you right. backtrack that quickly. This I'm is wrong. New Gordon. New Gordon just... Who was... Who, wait, hold on. Who was this... Yeah, AJT in the chat. You want me to read the whole progression here? He went, Gordon, dot, dot, dot. Then the next message. She switched to the 400 right before Worlds, blah, 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 blah. And then the final comment from AJT, you have no point here. <laughs> and then – He has a point to me not having a point. He has a point to me not having a point. I'll give him and that. Then, and then they just moved on, and the next comment was, when is indoor NCAA? <laughs> Just totally gave up on convincing you. <laughs> uh, Thursday that's morning right. show. Gotta love it. All right, that's it. Thanks to Colt for producing. You got anything else? Um, are you, are you D- regretting DMRs talking about rankings weekend. now? DMRs are this weekend, so that'll be fun. There's one going on Arkansas. There's ones going on at JDL. There's ones going on at Notre Dame. Washington is taking advantage of the fact that they have so much depth that they're running two DMR teams because they can mm. take their they could take like a 353 miler and use them as a rabbit for the 1200 which is insane the amount of uh cuz in Arkansas basically the men's race is going to be rabbited by a bunch of 353 355 milers and the women's race is going to be rabbited by Diljeet's pro team uh, mm. Taylor made elite. So I like Courtney Wayman or whoever will rabbit the women's race. So if you're in Arkansas, you chose a good meet to be at to get some good. The rabbit, whole thing or just, or just the 1200. I don't know. I mean, they're, I'm not sure if they, they could run the whole thing or they could just 
drop out after 1200 but i don't know they need a lot of people so, hey who's who wants to run the quarter all right that'd be really hard to do because then say you're like you're just trying to like stay rabbit distance ahead during a relay it'd be really hard not yeah. to do it it's really just then, about the 1200 oh. and the 1200 going but imagine though if you could get somebody rabbit in the mile do you know how you do that? How much, how much faster they go? You'd you need do a protein. That by, no, you do that by you you have the twelve hundred leg rabbit the first eight hundred, and then they yeah. run extremely slow, right? You can't do get that. Get lapped. Yeah, that's get lapped, and then they hang it to the four hundred person. That person gets lapped, and then you have the eight hundred leg get the baton when the real teams are getting their mile leg going. And then you have this 800 meter runner, rabbit 800 meters of the mile leg because they've been lapped a bunch of legs. Too many shenanigans. I think people would bull the whistle on that. I just think you got to get a pro. You got to get a pro squad. Out Is it there. possible for a lapped runner to rabbit? Is that I illegal? I think that's against. I, I think that's illegal. Um, I know I be- high school in a lot of different states would be illegal, but um, no, you get a pro squad out there. You just got to get a lot of these groups don't have anybody who's jumping you know, up to volunteering to run a quarter, but yeah, you could, you could get a, you could get a group that could, that could do it. Do they want to do it for a college team? Probably not. But I, I just think the, you're right about the 1200. That's everybody wants to get off to the good start, but running the mile by yourself is tough. So having someone out there to pull you along, but NCAA is so deep now with talent, there theoretically should be a bunch of people who, will be together and then you could chase if they're willing to go for it and not just sit around and do my other stuff. I'm hopping on for that. I'm hopping on a plane tomorrow to Albuquerque. I'll be getting all the yeah. interviews. We'll be back on to so check the website for interviews from USA's. There's a bunch of live events going on this weekend as well on flow track. I think though, maybe this, has this event happened yet? Ooh, it might've happened. We might have breaking news. Oh, no, we don't have it. Well, okay. right now, if you're listening, go to FlowTrack. Go and click on the Rad, the Rad Collegiate Last Chance Meet. R-A-D-D Collegiate Last Chance Meet. Uh, mm. Steven Gardner is running a 300. It's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. See, I'm interested to see what he does this year. Hurt last year. I want to see. I want to see what he does. Him versus Norman. Be really yeah. exciting. They both both run the quarter this year. Um, all right. Flowtrack podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks everybody for listening, particularly those who pointed out Gordon being wrong. Thanks to Colt for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone. We will see you on Monday. Like and subscribe.